Welcome to California School News Radio. Here are your hosts, Kevin Osmus and Drew Schlossberg. Good day. This is California School News Radio, the voice of education in California. Each week, we bring you newsmakers from the world of education to discuss what's going right in our schools from the perspective of administrators, teachers, students, parents, and community members. I am Kevin Osmus from VMA Communications, and with me today, as always, is my colleague and co-host, Drew Schlossberg. How are you doing today, Drew? Doing great. Doing great, Kevin. Yes, we are like in another uh, series of El Nino-related drenchings here in the Southern California, but it's let up, the sun is shining, and we've got a wonderful program for you here today. Here's some here's some history for you, Drew. On June 26, 1945, a charter was signed establishing a new intergovernmental organization called the United Nations. It began operating later that year with a mandate to maintain international peace and security, develop friendly relations among nations, and hopefully prevent future world wars. Uh, now, we all know about UN. It's where Cary Grant got in a heap of trouble during the movie North by Northwest. Um, it's filled with diplomats, ambassadors, bureaucrats from all over the world. The question is, exactly how does one become a diplomat? Where, where do you go to learn the issues of the day and strategies like tact and diplomacy? Sure, you can do these things in college, but for students wanting to get their feet wet in the area of international relations, it's best to get started as soon as you can in high school, even in middle school. Um, at California High School in the Whittier Union High School District, students are learning these things and much more as members of the Cal High Condor Model United Nations. Uh, the model MUN, as they call themselves, is establishing itself as an influential body in the tight-knit Southern California MUN world. And just last December, they held their very first model UN conference, the Condor MUN-5, where both high school and middle school students participated, and it was a huge success. And guess what? Uh, today on California School News Radio, we have several representatives of Condor MUN. Very proud to have them here, including Cal High teachers and MUN advisors, Sean Reagan and James Palmer, uh, along with the two co-presidents of the group, Cal High senior Madeline Reagan, uh, uh, known to family and friends as Maddie, and Cal High junior... Catherine Tinoco, uh, known to all as Katie. So, Sean, James, Maddie, Katie, welcome to California School News Radio. How are you doing? Thank you. Doing great. Fantastic. Oh, what a great intro. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you, Mary. It's all down there for me. For the, for the good questions, <laughs> we'll go to Drew later, but uh, I've got that out of the way, so we're, <laughs> we're, we're good. Well, uh, Sean and James, we'll start with you. Uh, James, I'm not quite as familiar with your information, but James, uh, Sean, I know that you've been a teacher for 25 years, 21 of them at Cal High. Uh, you started the Model UN in 2007, and since then you've mentored hundreds of students and taken them all over the country to conferences and uh, see many of your top students go to elite universities, Stanford, Harvard, Berkeley, UCLA, and many others. So uh, you and James definitely jump in on this one. Why is Model UN so important uh, for the students and, and what do they gain? by being involved um they gain for me from a teacher's perspective they gain the the most important my big passion is they gain an, an awareness of the world they gain knowledge and understanding and tolerance and appreciation of the complexity of world issues the beautifulness of the world's cultures and people um and and they and then they learn a lot of school relevant skills as well not just you know academic skills but personal skills so, so the, the global knowledge was my kind of initial passion and goal, but it does so much more than that. Oh, how about you, James? Now, have you been, have you been uh, in, involved in the program since 2007, and when did you come in? 
Uh, I didn't come in until about 2012. That was my first year teaching at Cal High. And Sean Regan was looking for a co-advisor and his uh, young delegate said, hey, let's offer this new cat a, a position. So I've been the assistant uh, advisor since. Uh, what I've really enjoyed seeing the students do is just having them come together in a common space, um, discussing world issues. I truly see them become like global citizens. And it's it's far greater than what I see some of my own peers able to do. And that's always pretty amazing to see. And given the fact that they're just at the high school level, right? Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, I've seen some of the work. I've, I've kind of looked at some of the papers that have been uh, turned out by your students. It's just amazing. I mean, you know, uh, I, mean, I can't write like that. It's impressive, right? And, <laughs> yeah, and that's one of the things that motivates James and I to do it is the kids are so impressive that we're just like, wow, we're kind of lucky to be a part of the, this program. Well, it's just like I'm lucky to have Drew Schlossberg as a co-host here. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Drew, well, uh, why don't you start off at, uh, with some questions for the kids? I will. I'll start off with uh, with Maddie and then uh, tee it over to Katie on this over here. Um, so, Maddie, obviously, you know, one of the cool things about uh, working uh, with uh, Sean, of course, and uh, and with James is uh, you are learning a little bit about diplomacy, um, something that's gone, by the way, the dodo bird, I think, um, in our local politics or national politics or any politics. Um, what have you gleaned from this that uh, you enjoy most about Model UN in terms about being civil and uh, diplomatic? Um, I think definitely the biggest takeaway for me from everyone is just learning how to speak better to people. Like um, coming into high school, I was definitely more reserved overall. I had a lot of trouble with public speaking in classes, but from the skills that you're forced to learn in MUN, like speech writing, speech giving, it's definitely helped me overall in my schoolwork and like life outside of school, just being able to communicate to people better. No, that's great. How about you, Katie? I feel like similarly too, I've grown like a sense of confidence um, in my public speaking skills. And not only that, I've learned how to negotiate and collaborate with people and try to find common ground with others that might have different perspectives than me? Yeah, you know, I think it's wonderful. I mean, uh, when I saw this come up as the topic, um, Kevin and I love talking about these things when we uh, actually um, see students like you um, through the leadership of uh, Sean and James uh, um, act the way uh, people should be acting. Um, and we're really, really are counting on the, a lot of the young folks. Uh, like you to uh, really carry the torch in, in that area. Um, Maddie, has it helped you when you are in different conversations with people that might have disparate views than yours, um, you know, understand how you can communicate? Has it made you a better listener? Uh, talk about that. I've always been a better listener than I was a speaker. And so the different, like slight disagreements or differing viewpoints I've come across in MUN have taught me less so to be a better listener, but more so how to assert myself into the situation better and stick up for my own viewpoints and bring my own perspective to the table and not letting others who might be louder, like sort of push me to the side and just sticking up for my own viewpoints more. Oh, interesting. How about you, Katie? 
I feel like the same thing too, even alone, just in my experience, uh, starting MUN as a freshman, I feel like I was also too more reserved and I, uh, in our conferences, I feel like I definitely kind of just sat back and watched and wasn't one of the more active delegates in the conferences. But I feel like more recently this past year and this year, I've been able to really step out of my shell. So MUN really has brought that out in me. I've been able to step out of my shell and actually advocate for my own opinions. Like how Maddie said, like not let people walk all over me. So I feel like really through MUN, I've learned how to advocate for my own opinions. No, I think that's great. And I'll start with you on this, uh, Sean, and you jump in, James, uh, as well. I mean, and you sort of touch base on this, Sean. I mean, the life skills, uh, for the forever skills uh, that they're learning through Model UN, you know, in this, uh, certainly have a voice, um, not be drowned out by whoever the loudest is, but be able to sit there and, you know, you know, have a good argument, have a good debate and all that is just something that's going to last um, throughout their uh, careers and wherever they are. Sean, address that. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the thing that everyone often gets compared to is like speech and debate, but there's some drastic differences. They're both great programs. They both can build a lot of great skills, right? But the, we, we, we used to have a speech and debate program on our campus too, and it was highlighted really well for me with one girl who did both. But at her first MUN conference, she said, I don't like this. It's, you have to be too nice to each other. I like the confrontation of speech and debate better. But then a lot of other people don't like that, that sort of pushback, like that competition direct in your face sort of grind. Whereas MUN, you really have to work on, like you said, the diplomacy. We're, we're, it's a collaborative program. You're, that's one of the things that kids love about it is that they're, they're meeting other students from other schools that are similarly motivated, and they're not trying to beat them. They're trying to work with them. And they, and they build this sort of network of we're all on the same team here trying to solve the world's problems or at least pretending to do so, but they are real world problems that they're working together on. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to see. Well, and it is, I mean, it certainly, as you know, um, and James, uh, maybe you can jump in on this too. There's some very good things about social media. There's some very challenging things about social media. Of course, it connects us to people that are halfway around the world, right? That we couldn't do before. You had to go by carrier pigeon or whatever. And then maybe Katie and Maddie, you got to look up what carrier pigeon is. But, um, but you know, but, but, but James, in, in that aspect of it, you know, it, it certainly makes a, a connection on this. And I think and you guys know this uh, better than anybody. And I'm sure Maddie and Katie have some opinions on it. And I think what's beautiful about Model UN, uh, what you're doing, is uh, the mental stress uh, in our country, in our world, is at absolutely crisis proportions. We all know that, right? Um, and it's because some people just feel like they have to have it on being a loudspeaker. But James, with the skill set you're teaching folks like Maddie and Katie is, you know, you can get your point across without eviscerating people, correct? Uh, yeah, what... What Model UN really challenges some students to do is, well, they're going to be given a country and they have to research a certain topic and they have to go from that country's perspective. And sometimes that will be against their own opinions. So what I really enjoy is seeing them research another country, seeing them utilize that country's position and try to argue that country's position while at the same time understanding that in order to move anything forward, you have to negotiate, you have to compromise. And I really dislike the current politics of a zero sum game. And I always talk about it with my students and even the MEN students, like any relationship that you're in, it's always a compromise. It's not always a negotiation. 
And you do have to give up some things, but that's for the greater good of forever be involved. And that's what's really cool to see with what our MUN delegates have to do. Yeah, and you know, and I know Kevin's going to got some questions coming up here, but I think in the in the long run, um, that's such an amazing skill set. It's something we need um, at all facets of our life these days in the twenty first century or twenty twenty four in that area. And so I just uh, cannot applaud you folks enough and uh, what Maddie and Katie are learning, um, and everybody else who's participating in this. This is what we need. We need more of this type of diplomacy. Um, and again, like Maddie and Katie said, doesn't mean you have to secede to somebody who's got a louder opinion than you. You can certainly stick up what you want, but there's a way of doing it. Uh, well, Drew, I want to tell you something about that. Sorry, I, was, <laughs> I was getting loud. I do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, I, am no, I, just... to, I am going to break in here uh, uh, with a question. So from 2007 to up until last year, uh, the Model UN at Cal High was run. Is it a club? Is it known as a team? Yes and yes. Okay. Um, it has. Uh, so when it, when it when I first began it in 2007, for most of that time, it was a club and it, and it primarily is is a club as well still today. Uh, it's run as a club at a club only at some schools, as we say, where they just meet like once a week at lunch or as needed at lunch or they meet. Most of our meetings are once a week after school now for an hour because the lunchtime meetings, we just couldn't get enough done. Um, however, some of the the big programs like I've, I'm, a, I'm a part of a few other schools, we've sort of formed an unofficial D2 circuit as in Division II, MUN, of the schools that aren't the big schools that bring two or three busloads of kids to every single conference. They have classes, uh, MUN classes, at all four years. They take an MUN class as freshman, they take an MUN class as sophomore. There are some schools in Southern California and, and around the country who have a four-year MUN curriculum. It's usually intertwined with their social science classes. So they they are, are legit large teams, right? Um, we call it, we started calling ourselves a team a few years ago, just to have that sort of like team mentality. We're in it together. And so it's kind of considered a program, even when it's a club only, um, I, we do have a class now. Yeah, that's what I, I was getting to that. So this year you've added AP comparative government then, um, and that's bringing a lot more kids into the fold, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So when I started it, they did give me an international relations class, which was always meant to be the MUN class but it only lasted two or three years. Interest kind of faded because it's a lot of work trying to do this research, go on the weekends, negotiate world issues with, with other students in your spare time and do that a few times a year, give up your weekend. Um, so so the, the, the class faded away for quite a few years and I was finally able to bring back an MUN class this year with the help of these two presidents and some other dedicated members who helped push for it and ask for it. Um, I picked an AP class that, uh, dovetails really well with MUN topics in that AP comparative government. You're learning about six countries anyway. So why not attach an MUN class to that? So it's mostly an AP class with a little bit of time for our, our MUN activities. And the other huge benefit of the class from a teacher's perspective is these kids used to write research papers, position policy papers in their spare time for these weekend conferences and get zero credit for a class for writing research papers. The, the hardest research papers they write in their whole high school career. And it's not even for a class, right? So at least now they're going to get credit. I'm making it an assignment. They have to do at least one per semester. It's part of their grade. They're actually getting credit for the work that they're doing as opposed to it being entirely, I'm a researcher and I debate and negotiate and write papers in my spare time. That's a hard sell for kids um, to, uh, to do when they're already, most of them are taking four and five AP classes. So here's just one way to, why don't you just take a class you want to take anyway, and you're going to get to 
get some credit for the work you like doing in the, in your outside time. Well, it's always nice to get credit yeah. <laughs> for things. It's it's a nice thing. James, are you uh, teaching the the AP classes as well? Sean, I'm I'm assuming that you teach the AP class. Or James, do you teach the class as well? I do freshman AP Human Geography. Uh, that's two periods of freshmen. I do seniors AP American Government. And then I have this one new class, the, the MUN uh, class, the, the, the comparative government class. And James does AP US history. So we have three of the four years covered between the two of us of their AP social sciences for our most motivated kids. Most of the kids that are on the team are already in one of our classes. And so it's helped out a lot. What I love about history is history classes is that those are the, the always the toughest classes. I could never get an A in history class ever at least when I was uh, going to the college. But let's bring uh, Maddie and Katie in there. You are the co-presidents of the of the, of the the club, the team. Uh, talk about your duties. Now, obviously you lobbied for uh, an AP class to get that credit. Good job there. So Maddie, you can talk about that or you can talk about some of the other duties that you have. And then Katie, chime in, you're a junior. And so I would assume that uh, maybe your duties are similar, uh, but a little different. So Maddie, we'll start with you. So for, in terms of our duties for the club, I'm, we each have like our own separate title sort of. So I'm co-president and um, secretary general of public affairs. So I'm in charge of basically making sure the meetings are fun and getting, planning like engaging activities for all the club members to be in. Me and Katie both do sports and a lot of the time there's practices during after school time, it's just really hard to manage schedules. So one of the main reasons we wanted a class was so that people who want to be a part of NUN but don't have that time to give after school, um, they can just do it in the class. But for the people who are only in the after school club, I basically just try and make it like worth it to spend an hour after school researching this type of stuff, like thinking of new games to play and so uh, model UN games, I would love to, to hear what those are about, but let's let Katie uh, jump in here. And do you have like a little bit different set of activities or responsibilities, Katie? Yes. So I'm the other co-president and secretary general of delegate affairs. So Maddie definitely handles more of like the fundraiser based stuff with, we have a uh, club rush at our school, but I'll do more of the uh, research papers that we do in preparation for our conferences. And I also, on my delegate affairs team, I have a records officer and vice president and two lead delegates who they are our delegates that supervise as we go to conferences. And I really feel like the implementation of the class has created a committed group of individuals that now we're actually being like rewarded for these papers are writing because they're actually for the class. Not only that, but we've gained a new perspective of MUN. So we're now getting to see like exactly how these governments operate. Whereas before we were solely focusing on the issue at hand that we were given for the conference. So now we're getting to see exactly how these governments operate. And it's just sort of a new perspective. Yeah, and it can be kind of eye-popping to, to find out what's going on in these other countries and the, and the positions they have. Now, I, I want to tell you, in the in the, the Simpsons episode, uh, DOS Bus, the Springfield Elementary Model UN goes on a field trip 
Uh, and through a series of comic mishaps, uh, bus driver Otto somehow managed to the, drive the school bus into the ocean. Uh, and, and the kids wind up on a deserted desert island uh, where it turns into kind of like Lord of the Flies. So you've been going to conferences now for a few years now, Katie and Maddie. Have you ever had any experiences like that? And if not, then what kind of experiences are you getting out of these, uh, these conferences? And, and what's that like? Travel, meeting new kids, everything. Maddie, we'll start with you. What exactly do you mean by Lord of the Flies? Lord of the Flies is a is a book. Drew, help me out on this. I read the story in the eighth grade. I just, I've not seen the Simpsons episode. I, I guess it's just when uh, people get together and they uh, have to figure things out and things just go crazy. I don't know how much it has to do with the model UN. I know that in the Simpsons episode, they had to deal with some type of uh, uh, a beast and they had a, a trial and Bart was the attorney. I don't, I don't know. My, I, I'm much more versed on Simpsons than I am Model UN. But anyway, at these conferences, sometimes you go to them locally, sometimes you've uh, traveled, uh, you're going to travel to Washington, D.C. later in a few months. We just want to find out what, what is that experience like for you? Um, I think it's really fun being able to go to the new schools. Like I was telling some, some of our delegates after our most recent conference they went to, which was in Redondo Beach. It's like really fun to just even see other high school campuses and like see the students going there. It's like you get to go to that school for a day in a way. Like it's fun. You're going in and out of the classrooms and it's just like seeing a different perspective of like what your life would be like in a different place. And I think the same experience comes in sort of a different way. On our travel trips, we go, our travel trips are all to college conferences. So it's sort of a way for people to picture what it's like being at a college campus, like what it's going to be like in the future. And like potentially if they like this college, if they want to might maybe apply there when it's their senior year. Like I've been to, I'm not even sure, I think four travel trips with MUN so far. And... I've applied to two, no, I've applied to three of the destinations that we've been to. So I think it was definitely helpful for me getting able to tour all those new places and just experience what it's like being in a, somewhere outside of like our small city, you know? Absolutely. I mean, there's nothing for high school students. There's nothing like going on to a college campus for the first time and just going, whoa, this is possible. How about you, Katie? Uh, wh where have you been? What, what, what campuses have you visited and what kind of experiences have you had? So it, last semester, we visited UCLA for their conference, which I'd really like to apply to next year. And we've also seen several on our Boston trip. My freshman year, we saw several schools there. We saw Harvard. Um, but I really feel like on our travel trips, students can gain a sense of independence. So that was my first experience being away from my parents and actually out of state because I've been to other like sleepaway trips. But it was definitely a really new experience and getting to be there with my friends. Not only that, but I really enjoy in MUN being able to make friends and because we're at we're seeing the same schools at each conference i can kind of see like the same friends every time and like say hi and like maybe we end up in the same committee but it's really fun to just make those bonds 
and we'll get each other's social medias and stay in touch and ask if you're coming to the next conference, but it's really cool. Yeah, those experiences are just absolutely priceless, and you'll remember those for many years to come. And I uh, can just see James's head. He's trying to figure out how to get a Lord of the Flies uh, component into uh, one of these UN uh, you know, curriculum and maybe find a way to uh, sneak it into an AP comparative government uh, lesson or something like that uh, in that area. Uh, James, how many uh, schools uh, in California have model UN uh, programs? Do you know? I do not know off the top of my head. I know within Southern California, there's a ton of conferences that we can attend, um, but I don't know if there's any, there used to be a database that was slightly kept up through Best Delegate, but it's kind of gone on the wayside. The reason I was laughing earlier is I'm very familiar with that episode of The Simpsons, and I always crack up because my favorite moment is when uh, Ralph Wiggum says, go banana, and he throws a banana as everybody else throws a round uh, fruit. But regarding um, how many high school campuses in California might have it, Sean might have a better idea than me. No, I mean, there would see another difference between us and, and speech and debate is there is no formal league organizing anything. It's a bunch of free agents and, and everybody who's doing MUN is just freelancing. I mean, we've, we've done it enough, James and I, that we know we are familiar with pretty much all of most of the Southern California schools. There's at least a, a handful, about five or six big schools like really big schools that do MUN in the LA Orange County area. And then there's dozens, but it's not that common. Like for a long time, we were the only one in our district that did it, even though there's a couple of middle schools that have started after us and our rival school has started a program three times now and, and uh, maybe they'll keep it going this time. And so it's, you know, we have to usually, that's why we have to travel to Redondo or all the way down right. to Mission Viejo or someplace farther. Cerritos high school is another big, big school that's really close to us. So, um, there's another California high school MUN program in Northern California, by the way. We know that. We've run into them at Davis and Berkeley before at those conferences. Um, so I can't give you an exact number. Uh, there's just sometimes there's there's a school that has invested in it and given it four years of MUN classes. And other times there's just a small group of, you know, one or two passionate teachers and a, and a group of kids and it, and, it, and it grows or it stays pretty small. Or So they're, they're kind of hit and miss, I'd say, all over. But it's definitely, I would say, less than 10% of the school's have an MUN program. No, I understand it, but boy, I, I got to tell you everything uh, that you hear from both Maddie and for Katie and uh, what you and James are doing and the other folks, uh, this is exactly what we need, you know, um, in this, in this world, especially as you're talking about, uh, you know, diplomacy and everything else that goes with it. Um, so James, you've been there it's 2012, correct? Is that about right? Okay, and uh, Sean, uh, 2007, you started the program, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was in MUN in high school, actually, for one year. Uh, I was lucky <laughs> enough to, to do, I was lucky enough to, for some weird reason, decided I want to take that class. I don't know what motivated me to want to take that class. I found it to be very challenging, but also it, it stuck with me. In the back of my brain, I remember going to that Stanford conference with another partner like myself who was kind of lazy and kind of didn't know what we were doing, but I was supposed to be representing the PLO in a committee on terrorism. And I was petrified to speak about terrorism from the PLO's perspective because I was a terrorist, supposedly. I was supposed to be representing that. I didn't know what to do. Uh, and it scared me off, but it stuck with me. And I majored in international relations. And when I approached my assistant principal and said, you know what? I don't really love teaching math. I was a math teacher at the time. James is also a credentialed math teacher, but I think I want to start an MUN team. What do you think about that? And she said, yes, please. 
her niece had done MUN and, 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 and became a lawyer and credits MUN for giving her all the skills and passions and that, that helped her become a lawyer. And so that I had an, an administrator who, who loved the idea and helped me sort of hit the ground running and motivated me and my wife motivated me to go get my social science credential so I could switch departments and all that. So yeah, it's been, it's been an enjoyable way to put my international relations degree to, to good work and see these kids gain a, a, an awesome perspective of the world. Right. So how many of the students that have gone through the program um, have uh, now continued in that world and are actually diplomats or they're ambassadors or they have wound themselves up in that space? Almost none. <laughs> Most of them want to be engineers or doctors, <laughs> but they join MUN because they want to be with motivated kids. They want to yeah. learn more about the world. They want to, some of them have said flat out, they did MUN because they know it's going to look good on their college applications. And I can't fault them for that. If they're willing to do the extra work just because it might give them that, that upper edge, as long as they put in the work and they stay dedicated and they're pleasant to be with, they're not, they're not trying to work the system. They're just, and they, and they end up changing as a person along, along the way. They end up getting a lot more out of it than they realize. They get a lot more than just a cool thing to put on your college application, right? I can say that I do have one former kid who is currently working in the West Wing. Um, and uh, he's going to get us into the White House when we visit next month. Um, so he would credit MUN with a lot of his passions and he's been a Biden campaign person for a long time. I have another former kid who, um, just, uh, she spent some time, uh, I think while she was getting her bachelor's from Harvard, she did a little summer session in the house of commons, uh, in Britain. And then later on got her master's at, at Oxford. So there's a very few that do actually go into this world. Oh, I do have another former president who worked for the Mexican consulate for a while. She did the Peace Corps and Mexican consulate. So she's probably trying to work into the foreign service angle, but it is by far a tiny percentage of the kids who do MUN are doing it because of a career path. They're doing it because of an, of an interest. They like the kids that are doing it. They like the camaraderie you build and, and get out of the program. Right, no, exactly. So uh, Maddie, you're a senior. Um, do you know where you're gonna be going next fall? Um, I'm not sure yet. Most of the college acceptances are supposed to come in during March, I'm pretty sure. So I'm very excited for that. <laughs> it's going to be so relieving when I finally do find out. But absolutely. for now, I'm just kind of waiting to see. And do you have a, an idea what your major will be? I applied under urban studies or city planning, something having to do with that, um, which I definitely think um, some of the committees I was in in MUN helped me to realize I liked that subject because even though it's not like a diplomacy centered field MUN teaches you about so many different subjects like even in AP bio class last week we were learning about um, genetics and he brought up CRISPR technology and I realized I was one of the only people in the room who knew what that was and it was because I went to an MUN conference my freshman year where I had to write a whole paper and learn everything about CRISPR. And I was like, dude, I'm getting an A this month. Like, <laughs> that test is going to be easy. Well, I mean, you, you just, you know, I think there's diplomacy everywhere, or should be everywhere for that matter, um, you know, whether it's in your urban studies or, or not. I know, uh, Katie, uh, you're a junior, but um, I'm sure you're thinking about four-year schools. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, UCLA is on top of your list over here. That is something that's near and dear to my to my heart over here. What do you have any ideas you what you might want to major in when you get to college, Katie? Yes, I'd love to be an elementary school teacher. 
I feel like through MUN, I've gained, I think I've always been a patient person, but I've gained a new sense of patience through MUN. And uh, I feel like similarly, I've had very similar experiences to Maddie where uh, it's come up in life where maybe like I'm listening into my parents, uh, they have the news on and they're uh, talking about a specific topic. And I'm like, oh, I like know so much about that. Like, let me like talk to you about it for like 10 minutes. Like I, I, I know that stuff. Um, but I'd love to like instill in young kids a passion for something similar like that and just like a uh, hunger for learning. So, yeah. Well, that's great. And uh, you can join my daughter. She's an elementary school teacher uh, down in San Diego. So that's a, that's a great thing. You know, James, uh, you know, and you hear these things uh, from both uh, Maddie and Katie, and of course they're on top of their game and uh, what they want to do. I mean, boy, you guys uh, got to have a lot of pride of uh, what you're teaching these folks. Uh, talk about that, James. Uh, for me, I just I just praise them uh, with their ability to to manage their time. Uh, for many of them, it's it's an extracurricular activity. They have to compound it upon their rigorous schedule. I know that Maddie and Katie are have four plus AP slash honors classes. Uh, with AP Comparative Government being one of them, and then still finding the time outside of that to plan meetings, to plan activities, to keep their own uh, peers con consistently engaged and wanting to come back and, and do another conference. Um, so for me, it's it's really just about helping them uh, along their way, and I'm just happy to be part of the uh, the program myself. Yeah, let me ask you this, and I'll hand her over to Sean before we go back to Kevin. So um, you've been doing this for a while at uh, California High School. What have you learned from the students? One thing is always just resilience. Another thing is just the passion that they have for wanting to see change in the world is far greater than I thought would be um, for the high schoolers I teach. It's actually pretty inspiring. Um, MUN is not something that I did in high school. Uh, some of my friends did. It just seemed like a lot. Um, but it's really cool to see what they're able to do. So for me, it's it's inspiring. And that's what I, I take from it a lot of times for them to be able to to have a discourse with with each other, um, whether it's in the club or when they're at conferences. And it gives me a lot of hope. That's great. Sean, how about you? Um, I mean, I'm, we're always, James and I are the kind of reflective teachers that are always learning from our practice and from our interaction with the kids. I mean, one of the things that I continue to work on learning myself is, is leadership skills because he and I are running a club, but in a program, but we're also running the officers. Like, like Katie said, she's in charge of a group of five officers. Maddie has four officers on her team and they, 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 we have to teach them leadership skills that we may not even be great at ourselves. Right. So we're, working on our own leadership skills so we can help our leaders lead this team. I mean, these girls are, are learning to be young leaders and the rest of our officer cabinet as well. Um, and they're also participating as immune delegates as well. So they've got kind of a very much a dual role there. Um, I, I wanted to touch on one thing that Katie said or, or, or brought up, which is kind of about your diplomacy question. Like they're not planning on going into the foreign service, but like they kind of both alluded the topics, however, that they get to choose from and they get to research from those often will inform interests and they sort of snowball in certain directions that they didn't recognize beforehand. Like there's a list of five to 20 different topics that these kids can choose from and they may not get their first choice, but you know, there's some kids who always want to do the disarmament nuclear type warfare type topics and some kids who always want to do 
education in Africa and sort of human rights, LGBTQ topics. So the future doctors always want to do the World Health Organization um, and biological, like, you know, so they have interest areas that they're allowed to pursue with the variety of topics that the real world contains and MUN contains those same topics. So it's just fun to see that. Uh, absolutely. Kevin? Yeah, and you know, and they're learning how to do research the right way, not like the uh, you know the 2023 internet research way, <laughs> which is just basically finding the opinions that match for yourself. And hey, I've done research. Um, actually, I, while everyone was talking, I did a little research myself. And for those uh, anybody in our audience that's not familiar with CRISPR, I will tell you that it, it's an acronym that stands for Clustered Regularly Interspaced Short Palindromic Repeats. Um, which amazingly enough was the name of an album that I released in the nineties, um, almost exactly to the letter. So, um, well, That's funny. <laughs> uh, it's, 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 an, you know, we, we've talked about like how just like life is uh, just like crazy like that. So, well, the, the, the main, uh, one of the main things here, but so finally, after all these years, Cal high condor MUN holds a, a conference at their campus and it was a huge success. And I wanna spend pretty much the rest of the show kind of talking over this. And I would like to remind everybody, we are on California School News Radio right now. And we were talking with Cal High, uh, the California High School and Whittier Union High School District uh, teachers and uh, model MUN advisors, uh, Sean Regan and James Palmer, and also uh, co-presidents, uh, senior Maddie Regan and junior Katie Tinoco uh, and the model UN at Cal High uh, did their inaugural conference. Hopefully there'll be one each year now uh, until the, you know, going into the future. So I'm not really sure who I want to start with this. Where, when did you finally realize that you had all of the pieces together? I guess, Sean, we'll do a thought. How did you have, find you had all the pieces together to put a, together a conference and just uh, talk about work? I would imagine that was a lot of work. Uh I think uh, all four of us lost a lot of sleep in the planning of this conference. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do feel the need to correct you that it's not technically our inaugural conference. We did host our first one at least a decade ago, but it is our first one after a long hiatus. Uh, and it is by far our biggest one. Um, we, uh, we, we go to all of these conferences, right, that these other schools put on, mostly high school conferences, but we also go to college conferences as well that college students put on. And so, of course, my students, they they've been begging us to put on conferences, but when we first hosted one, we had to take a year off because we didn't have the personnel to do it. And then we tried to bring it back and it, we did it, but it was smaller and we, we took another year or two off. So, and this one was the longest hiatus, which was mostly because James and I kept telling the students, it's too much work, you don't wanna do it. And we, we thankfully have these little middle school programs that have these little mini conferences and my officers get to go chair them. They get to go run it without all the work. They just show up and they just be in charge and it's great. But this time, as part of a condition, I said, made them the promise last year that if we get a class again, then yes, we can host a conference again. And so that was one of the things that motivated the kids to make sure they recruited enough to get enough kids in the class so that we can have the time, in a, utilize a little bit of class time planning the conference. So it's nice to have that again. And with that D2 circuit of other small MUN programs, we brought in over a dozen schools uh, and over 200 delegates, over 200 students from a wide variety of schools from all, one came as far, from as far as Ventura High School. I was shocked. I was like, are you sure you guys want to make that drive? Like just for, it's a one day conference. You're just gonna, they're like, yeah, we'd love to. I'm like, okay, yep, join us, please. So yeah, it's a lot of work, but um, I don't know, I'll let, I'll let the girls say if they think it was worth it. 
Oh, well, okay. So uh, Maddie and, and, and Katie uh, jump in there. What, what were some of the key challenges to uh, staging the conference there? And then how did you how did you come up with the topics and games that you played and, and kind of describe what those were like? Um, I think one of the biggest challenges of planning the conference was that it definitely takes a lot more cooperation and like I guess homework in a way than preparing for regular weekly meetings and preparing for the conferences that we don't have to be running because when you're just going to the conference as a delegate like you go to the meeting once a week but it's much more individual work and then for planning the conference it was a lot more working with other people and working with our advisors and advisors from other schools as well to make sure everything went smoothly and I think my biggest takeaway was learning how to work with people who may not have the same styles of feeling organized as you and the same like just like having to fill out tasks and do work that you might not see as necessary but in the big picture it ended up being necessary and I feel like that definitely made me feel like oh my god like this is gonna be like what a job's like in the future <laughs> like I gotta I, I mean, I just got to like get the work done, you know, like it was definitely a different experience from homework and the much more structured, like, like regular school. It was just different in a way. And I thought that was really valuable experience. Yeah, because, you know, conference, you think, oh, I'm going to a conference. Nobody ever thinks about, well, what does it take to actually put this together? You know, like if you go to the Fairplex for a conference and there's like a zillion people there, somebody had to put that all together. Um, and so now you've gained a valuable experience doing that. Uh, again, I wanted to kind of get into the, some, of uh, some of the, the topics because, uh, and just how, how do you, uh, how do you practice diplomacy? What happens during, during the day? I mean, I know, I guess, I guess it's not like speech and debate and everybody's arguing with each other, uh, but everybody does get a chance to come up and, you know, uh, give their viewpoints. So how, how do you come up with those topics? So for our topics, we kind of wanted to make sure we were like hitting different uh, current issues. So we one of our topics was drug trafficking in the Americas. We also had more fun topics, too. We had our crisis. And that was one of our delegates that was really passionate about that book series and movie series that wanted to uh, lead that crisis. So that in that crisis, delegates are stepping away from acting as a diplomat from the United Nations. And instead, they are acting as a character from that book series. And and, and, and the book series is? That's Twilight. Twilight, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So uh, they were acting as characters from Twilight and more so thinking more on their feet because uh, in crisis committees, we have what's called crisis updates. So um, just different issues that they that crisis delegates are given the opportunity to uh, solve. And did you handle the, the crisis uh, part of that, Maddie? Um, for our conference, I was in charge of the crisis committee. I was going in and helping out the the back room, the crisis staff who were writing the updates and going in to deliver them. And actually, since I know one of you mentioned this earlier, in one of our crisis updates, we were sending carrier pigeons and throwing fake stuffed birds across the room. Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. The magic word has been spoken through. They don't carry pigeons. Okay. 
All right. So uh, if I could add to that, Kevin, one thing you might find interesting is that it, our, our, our other crisis director that was helping Maddie and was a, an alumni, our, our president from last year, we actually called in to help us run the conference. We had, I think, six alumni who were going to local schools, USC, UC Riverside, UCLA, and willing to come back for that day and help run the committees because these are kids who'd been through our program for three or four years and they never got the chance to host a conference. So they were super excited to come back and help, help us host a conference again and bring it back and make it a success. And they were instrumental in, in, in our success of, of it also it added a little extra, you know, air of legitimacy to the committees when they're dealing with uh, sports corruption or neocolonialism, sub-Saharan Africa, or as she said, drug trafficking to have a college student in the room too. Um, where these, and we had a couple middle school committees. It wasn't all high school kids participating. We had a couple of middle school um, committees. Uh, to have a college student on your on your dais was, you know, the, the high school kids is just a little bit extra. They can ask them questions. They feel like, wow, this is real. I'm going to go to college someday. It's just, it's it's motivating. Yeah, absolutely. And then, so the middle schoolers, um, obviously they're not Cal High students yet, but they uh, potentially will be. So uh, how does that work at the middle school level as far as you know, Sean and James? Well, each middle school kind of operates differently. Uh, a couple of our local middle schools, they have their own extracurricular, uh, whereas another middle school that our team members help to host a conference for, um, or they help them to put on a conference, they have a class that's related. Um, but uh, for the last couple of years, the middle schools have kind of tapped uh, the Cal High team to help them put on their conferences. We have one upcoming in about two weeks on the 15th that I think nine of our uh, members will go to a uh, middle school nearby and, and help put on a conference with three committees maybe 20, 25 uh, middle schoolers in each one that might be from four to five uh, middle schools total. Wow. And so, uh, and how many of these students actually, how many of these students do you get in your program? Have, uh, have they have they wound up at Cal High at all? Um, yeah, definitely. We've ha definitely had some that have had some prior middle school experience. I can't remember if Katie had middle school experience, but or if her middle, her middle school was on hiatus during the years when she was there. But her big sister definitely did a little bit in middle school there. Some of our officers did a little bit in middle school. Um, we get some of the kids, but some of those middle schools aren't direct feeders to our high school. But we've had a couple transfer to our school because of our MUN program, because like I said, we're the only one in the area that's been around for over a decade. And, and so we're we're uh, we've had we've had a few transfers from middle schools and from other high schools. Well, I think that's something we can shout out. If anybody in the Whittier area wants to do Model UN, then um, you got to go to Cal High then, right? You, you want to sign up. You've got the well, do you do have another program in the in the district? You said there is uh, our, our rival school has started their program again. And the dude uh, helping them is is quite passionate um, and they've got some motivated kids. I think, and usually it's it's kid motivated when that rival school has started it. And it's because they did it in middle school with our students hosting is why they they get to that high school and they're like, there's no MUN program, can we start one? And they don't realize how hard it is to to start one and find, uh, that's why I'm lucky. I'm, I'm, my One of my big shout outs is that James joined the team uh, because doing it by yourself is, is it's very time consuming. The other major shout out I have is for my wife, who's let me do this all these years, give up so <laughs> many weekends. But one of the conditions many years ago was you got to find a helper because when you're going to UCLA, that's your Saturday and your Sunday, you're giving up. Um, so often we'll split the weekend conferences when it's two days. Um, 
so yeah, the, those two have been the most influential with helping helping me make this Cal High MUN team a success as much as we can. Well, likewise, I couldn't do this program without my colleague and co-host Drew Schlossberg. So uh, <laughs> we're kind of getting towards the end of the uh, of the program here. Uh, so Drew, um, I'll let you have some kind of like last uh, last round of questions for the kids. And the advice. Well, I, listen, I think uh, they've answered everything just beautifully, as has uh, you know, James and, and Sean. And, you know, these are the types of programs uh, you've heard us say this before, uh, Kevin, that we want to shout from the mountaintops. We need to have folks that are going to be bright and motivated and hardworking, but diplomatic. My goodness, we need to sit there, get that back into our uh, civility. Um, it's the only way um, that we're going to move forward uh, locally, uh, regionally, uh, as a state or a nation. So I, I hate to sound so dramatic, but I really feel that way. So. Anyway, that's my two cents, and you can give me change back. You know. Okay, let me let me see if I. <laughs> will you take a gift card? I will. I will do that. Anyway. So yeah, I want to just kind of just to, to, to put a capper on this. The United Nations not always uh, the most. Uh, it has gone its fair share of controversy uh, from the beginning and all the way up to today. Uh, certainly with. Uh, with what's going on in the Middle East, it's a lot tougher to to speak your mind and 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 say what you want to say. You can get you can get attacked. I can you know it wasn't all that long ago, really only twenty years ago when uh, I would turn on the TV and neoconservatives would say, well, you know, the United Nations is irrelevant and 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 things like that. Uh, it's not irrelevant. It's something that every country should really aspire to, uh, whether you're the United States or China or Russia or Iran or, uh, you know, any of them, any of them. Uh, so uh, Maddie and Katie, and, and uh, I imagine you all know that the, the, there are these issues and they're very controversial and sometimes you have to weigh in on them. Uh, does that make you uh, more more determined to get your point across when when uh, you know that these things are, are controversial and, and perhaps could get you in a little bit of trouble, Maddie? Um, I think definitely it's even talked about with other kids who have now graduated, but were in MU1 with me is that high school model United Nations is definitely a very idealized image of like the real world issues. And there's a lot more things that go into solving stuff in the real world, which we're aware of. And it's definitely more optimistic and like, hopeful feeling in a room of kids who all come from a somewhat similar background as you and have somewhat similar viewpoints and it's a lot easier to collaborate in this more closed version of the situation than it would be in the real United Nations and real world politics but either way program is teaching kids how to when in those real world situations think critically and communicate to others their viewpoints in a more effective way and in the long run doing a great deal of good even if right now it doesn't seem completely accurate to the situation. Well critical thinking is something that everybody should uh, do a little bit more of and it's always good to have a calm uh, discussion rather than that's all the shouters out there. Uh, Katie maybe what's what's your last final takeaway that you can share with us here on uh, on Model UN for this program? I feel like definitely when you participate in a committee that's more controversial, you will experience those different perspectives and have to reach a common ground and compromise and negotiate. Uh, also, I feel like 
in experiencing that global culture. The end goal of MUN is to create these resolution papers and we spend the day discussing um, a solution. And of course, we're not actually implementing this, these policies, but I think I've definitely become more sympathetic and aware of those that are less fortunate than me and the real world issues that are occurring around the world. Uh, very well said. Sean, James, you have excellent students here. Um, I, I can see, uh, Drew and I can, can can almost track the success that they will have in, in, in college and career. Uh, you'll have to come back and, and, and share some of your experiences with us when uh, when when uh, when that time comes. So we promised shout outs at the end of the, the program. Thanks you and shout outs now we're at the end of the program. So Katie, we'll, we'll start, we'll, we'll stay with you. Uh, if you have anybody to, to shout out or say thank you to, uh, this is a time that you can do so now. I'd love to shout out my older sister. We talked about her earlier. She's a freshman at USC currently. And I joined MUN first because of her. Uh, that was her junior year and my freshman year. And uh, she just ever since, like throughout our whole entire childhood, uh, she has always been the kid that we would go to the library and uh, she would check out a book. Like she'd have a whole stack of books because she just wanted to learn more and uh, she could always recite facts about such niche topics. Um, like she'd have, she could always like tell you so much about like sharks or just different topics. And I think I really learned a lot from her, that sense of passion and um, willingness and want to know more. So yeah, I'd love to shout her out. That's wonderful, that's beautiful. How about you, Maddie? I definitely want to shout out my mom because my mom is actually the reason I joined MUN my freshman year, um, surprisingly enough, because um, I felt like definitely the person I was in middle school is completely different from the person I am now. I was so reserved and like self-conscious of so many things. I hated the idea of public speaking and just putting in any extra work than I had to outside of school work, which I already found to be annoying enough. My mom, being one of the chaperones on travel trips with my dad and stuff, um, she was like, you're going to at least do one year. You have to do one year. As your mom, you're doing this because I've seen the kids in MUN and I want that kind of success for you that I'm seeing that they're like, bringing out of this program and into the real world and the colleges she's seeing them go to and what they're doing after college when she stays connected with some of the students. Um, so definitely thank you to my mom for making me join the program. I realized after freshman year that it was pretty beneficial for me. That's that's amazing. So you started out in a shell and now you're leaving as co-president and secretary general. So congratulations, that's, that's, that's wonderful. How about you, James? Who would you like to shout out? I'm going to give a shout out to my boy, Sean. Um, without <laughs> his drive to do this, I wouldn't be doing this. As he was saying, it's a ton of work and I know he appreciates me, but um, without him being there to, to to push and without him kind of helping to guide our ninth graders into joining this program, uh, it'd be very hard to continue to to keep it strong. Uh, so it's been very cool. And I also like to give a shout out to all of our, our cabinet leaders over the years, including these two uh, awesome young adults in uh, Maddie and Katie. And it's really cool to see them help to guide the the next 
officers uh, get a little stronger as this year has gone on. So it's always been pretty cool. Well, thank you for that, uh, James. Well, Sean, you are the man. You 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 have been shouted out. Who would you like to shout out here? Well, well, I already said James and my wife, and obviously we have a lot of love and respect for our students and how hardworking they are. But I'd, I'd like to give a shout out to all the administrators who have supported any MUN program anywhere, especially ours. But because it's a it's a gamble for an administrator who doesn't have a clue what it's about and isn't sure why they should support your your program and all the things that you do. Um, but when they do, they, they, they know the kids that do it. And these are some of the best kids on campus. Um, and so I, I appreciate that, as I'm sure any of the other MUN people who are fighting to get more support from their admin are doing. And finally, I'd just like to shout out the two of you for thinking the MUN is worth doing a podcast about. So <laughs> thank you for recognizing that. Uh, and you're spreading the the love of getting to know the world a little bit better and uh, improving student skills. So thank you for the for this education podcast that you host. Well, uh, well, you're very much welcome. What we appreciate is just hardworking educators that are just completely dedicated to their students. Uh, we we can't get enough, and we're going to have them on week after week after week here in California School News Radio. Uh, and uh, Cal High Model UN definitely uh, fits the bill. So thank you for coming on. It's just an illuminating conversation. I have a few people to shout out to at the end of the program. Uh, Drew Schlossberg, my co-host, for your wit and wisdom very much appreciated. Uh, also, uh, to uh, Ad Santel, our engineer, and occasionally Drew Landeros, our producer, Neto, uh, Neto Cruz. And uh, we'd always love to shout out Kelly Wynn, who uh, spreads all these podcasts out over uh, social media. We'd like to thank uh, Andrea Garcia from the hardest working uh, communications team in education. And last but not least, always a uh, shout out to Val Martinez, without whom we couldn't uh, do this show at all. So thank you to her. And thank you once again to all of our guests, Sean, James, Maddie, and Katie. Please join us again uh, sometime down the road. We'll love to have you back. And that's it. That's a wrap for this edition of California School News Radio. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another great program and highlight some more uh, wonderful educators and students. Until then, uh, we'll see you then. Stay safe and stay educated. Bye-bye.